feet. So yesterday, uh, throughout the day, we talked about first about grabbing hold of the lifesaver. Then we talked about getting in the boat. Today, we're going to be talking about changing clothes and staying dry, right? Because we talked yesterday, trying to put this stuff on while being in the water, trying to dry off while you're in the water is a bad idea. Remember, I was talking about the time I baptized somebody and I felt the water rushing in my waders and like to try to get out. I was like, lift. it felt like my legs were like a thousand pounds each trying to get out, right? So today we're going to be talking about now that we're in the boat, now that we are inside the boat to stay dry and now we can actually change clothes. All right, so how many of you have been to like a pool party and like you've been hanging out and what's the first thing everybody has to try to do? Push each other in, right? Like that's it. Okay, now as I was talking about my baptism yesterday, I hate cold water. Like if it's under like boiling, it's too cold for me. No, like I like really hot water. So like for me, I'm the kind of person, yes, I'll admit this, that like walks up and like, oh man, I really don't want to. Like I I do like that four-year-old thing where you're like, and like test the water before I jump all the way in. And like I'm the person like has to like step down and get a little bit used to it. Like, all right, my ankles, my feet are good. And then like next step down, right, as it like moves up, right? That's like, that's me. I have to get used to it. So I was hanging out and my buddy Mike is, is my good friend from growing up. So let's pretend that it's hard. Maybe you can't see it, but there's a, an angle right here. So let's pretend this is the pool over here, okay? And like it was an in-ground pool. So you had like the cement here that went around it. I was standing here talking to my buddy, Mike, all right, and like him and I are just hanging out. We're talking and like, we haven't jumped in yet and we're, you know, we're just like hanging out, talking about like our day. We just got done playing basketball and a friend of ours came up and she came up kind of behind me and she started talking to us and I was like, okay, this is kind of suspect. Like, what's this all about? So I'm talking with him, talking with her. And then of course the inevitable happens where she pushes me. And it was, it was incredible. I was going down into the water and I wish I could like demonstrate how flat I was. Okay. So I'm falling into the water and out of nowhere, I just like turn like this and I see her cracking up as I'm like this, my buddy, Mike over here, it was like miraculous. It was one of those like slow mo things where in my head I was going like, no, like one of those, like, can you do that with me? Everybody like, no, you actually did it. I wasn't sure you'd do that. I'm really impressed by you guys. I'm so, all right, since you're, since you're already brave enough to do it, be like, no. So I'm falling like this and Mike, all right, out of nowhere, it was like the hand of my buddy was like, boom, like right on my hand. I was like, so instantly, now like things got in fast motion was like, no, boom. It was like, yeah, Mike. All right. This is what we're talking about. There we go. As I'm still falling down, he literally grabs me and uses my momentum and swings me back up onto the other side. And it was like, this guy's super athletic. So another thing I've seen him do, I've thrown a football. I've seen him jump in the air, turn in midair and catch the football like that. Like, uh, it's, this guy's not even human. Me trying to play sports with him. Again, I said I'm five foot seven. Trying to play sports against this guy was just annoying. But I was really happy for his athleticism at this moment because he catches me and swings me all the way over here. And it was one of those things where, like, slow motion, all of a sudden, like, super speed. And then we just kind of stared at each other like. sweet, man. You know, like, we're so happy. So naturally what we do is we're like, sorry. And then like she goes in splashing. It was a lot of fun. But it was that thing where like, 
me to stay dry, I was ho- like, there is no way on my own that when I'm parallel and like the water's like, come in, you're going to get wet. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be so much fun, but I'm really cold. And I'm like, no, don't do it. Right. So like all this is happening. My buddy is like, nope, this isn't going to happen. And he just like swings me. I'm like, it felt like I was like sailing. I was like, this is so much fun. This is what it feels like to fly. And then like my feet touch. I'm like, we made it right. It felt like I was like at the Olympics and I should have been like, Right. It was incredible, right? So what it took for me to stay dry was a buddy, right? It took a friend to help me out. And in Christianity, what's amazing is God doesn't want us to be alone. He says, I want you to have partners. I want you to have people with you. I want you to have, in church, sometimes we call it accountability partners. Because there's going to be times in our life where we're in the boat, right? We're hanging out here, and there's going to be moments I'm afraid to, like, I'm, th- this thing could probably tip. I know, like, this isn't worship I ordered. Didn't work out. But, like, there's going to be moments where sometimes our old life is calling us, like, hey, just come back. It's cool. And we're like, we're, we're still friends. Like, your old life, your old group of friends, the old lunch table, all that is going to be calling you back. And it's going to sometimes take looking at your buddy, like, hey, man, this is getting really hard, because like, I'm falling in. And sometimes it's going to take a friend to reach down and grab you. Now, ultimately, it's God that really says, hey, stay in the boat with me. I want you here. And God is doing that. But a lot of times, God wants you to have the friends around you to help you stay in the boat, to stay dry. He wants you to be able to change your clothes and say, listen, when you put on these new clothes, I want you to keep these dry. I want it to look like I want you to live up to the new identity that you've been granted. So as we get into today, I want us to focus on this, and we're going to be turning in Scripture. So if you guys don't have Bibles yet, let's go ahead and uh, raise your hand, and we're going to have people coming down and grabbing your Bibles, because we're going to be talking about something that's it's kind of fun, something you've been learning uh, in, in your like youth group and things you've been memorizing. We're going to start talking about the Ten Commandments today. So as you guys are getting your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 20. All right, if you don't know where Exodus chapter 20 is, it's right after Exodus 19. No, let me go ahead and I have the page number for you. So Exodus chapter 20 is going to be page 47. So if you guys want to turn your Bibles to page 47, we're going to be spending a little bit of time there. And uh, before we do that, let's just go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. So let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for each student here, God, for waking us up this morning, uh, even if we got only a couple hours of sleep. And Lord, we just pray that today we'd be able to have fun throughout the day, that you'd keep us safe, uh, that ultimately we would draw closer to you and closer to our friends here. In Jesus' name, amen. So keep your finger there, because we're going to be we're gonna be coming back to this, all right? I want, I want you to know Exodus chapter 20. Now, how many of you are, are like at Cornerstone, you've heard them talking about the, the Ten Commandments, you've been maybe even trying to memorize it? Okay, so we're going to be using this as a foundation. So does anybody know the first commandment? So those of you that have been memorizing it, all right, on the count of three, all right? So like, you know when somebody does like, hey, on the count of three, you're like, so do I go on three, or is it three then go, which was kind of like the four. All right, so we're going to do one, two, three, go, okay? So on the go, all right? Say the first commandment. Shout it out. Ready? One, two, three, go. All right, one God. Very good. Have one God. All right. Now, if you're in Exodus chapter 20, look at verse 2, okay? Because he's about to launch. God is about to launch into the, the Ten Commandments. But what does he say just before he gets to those Ten Commandments? Somebody read for me verse 2. I want you to read loud and proud. Say it like, uh, like afterwards your voice should be a little bit hoarse, right? Like we talked about yesterday. All right. Read it super loud. Exodus 20 verse 2. All 
All right. Excellent. Thank you. That was really loud. Did most of you guys hear that? That was good. Yeah, that was impressive. All right. So what God is saying here is he's reminding his people. He's saying, listen, I am the God that brought you out, that rescued you from Egypt, the land of your slavery. Right? What God is saying is, let's use our illustration here. He says, until my son came, until, like, using our life now, he says, until, I, until you were saved by the lifesaver, you were out fighting the waves. You were basically slave to the ocean. Right? You were slave to the waves, to the storm, to the darkness, to, the, to, to your injuries. You were slave to that. But I am the Lord your God who brought you out. I'm the Lord your God who rescued you. And what he says, he says, listen, I'm bringing you out of your sin and your shame. He says, as you're in the boat, when you first get in the boat, you might still have the stench of the sea on you. You might still be wet. You might still, like, your old life might still be what you're, like, familiar with. And this new Christianity is, is you're learning, you're growing. And what it says is it says that Jesus cleanses us. And you know what's beautiful? It says in 1 John 1, 7, it says, but if we are living in the light, so think of it, like I said, the ocean is this dark, it's this, this place of death, that if we're living in the light, like God is in the light, there's going to be some differences. It continues on. It says, if we're in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, I love this, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now, in Exodus chapter 20, what he's doing here, in Exodus chapter 20, God is setting this up saying, listen, I'm about to tell you 10 things that I want you to do. He says, this is going to be the 10 commandments, because ultimately, when you're living in the boat, your life should, is going to look different. It should look different than when you were living down there. He says, why? Because when you're in here, my son, the blood of my son, okay, it's, it's, this, it's this truth that Spiritually, when you're dead, when you're in your sin, when you're lost at sea, that we have no hope, we're dirty, we smell like the ocean. You know that feeling like when you get out of the ocean, you're like, like you start to dry off and there's that like chalk salt all over you. You're like, what is this? Like at first you're like, man, like I've been in the ocean, this is kind of cool. And then you're like walking, you're like, there's sand in my toes. I'm not sure I like sand between my toes. I'm not sure, like when I'm on the beach, that's all right. But now that I'm at home and I have shoes on, I don't like this anymore, right? And what it is is that we still have the stench, the, the shame of our old life. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want you to have the stench, the stain. I don't want you to live in the shame of your old life. He says, let me cleanse you. And Jesus says, I, I, want, I want you, like my blood will make you white as snow. And that's what's beautiful. In Isaiah uh, verse 1, is, or chapter 1, it says, and if you want to turn there, feel free. It's, it's page 404. If you want to turn there, Isaiah, I love the way God starts this, right? Because it says that we, that we smell like the ocean, that we're stained. But when we start to be brought out, God's desire is for us to not live here still in shame, looking around at the people around us that have already been in their, in their Christianity or their faith for a while, that have changed clothes, that are dry, and for us to be soaking wet, being like, man, now I'm embarrassed, Right, because I still smell like the sea, and I, I still am sinning. I still like tell the jokes I know I shouldn't, even though I, like I'm trying to stop it so hard. And and, and the movies like my friends are watching, I, I just want to laugh at them. I know I shouldn't, and that's where God's like, "Hey, let's just work together on this." Right, you're my son, you're my daughter. Let's work together. I've brought you out. I've rescued you from the land of your slavery. I've rescued you from the sea, and I've set you on the firm foundation. I've set you into the worship. And I want to cleanse you. Okay, it might be hard at times, but I want you to be clean. I don't want you to feel shameful of what you've done. Realize you're forgiven. I've cleansed all that. I've washed away your sins. 
Okay, it can't stick to you anymore. I want to plant your feet here, and I want my son to, 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 to cleanse you. Now, this is what it says. It's beautiful. In, in Isaiah 118, like I said, on page 404, I love how God starts this. Come now, let's settle this. How beautiful is that? He says, come now, let's settle this. Now, it's kind of like poetic sounding. What God is saying, he says, listen, he's talking to Isaiah, and he's, he's talking about his son that one day will come. He says, let's settle this. He says, no more are you going to smell like the ocean. No more are you going to even have a hint of that old sin in your life because I'm going to cleanse you. That when I look at you, you're going to be pure. When I look at you, once my son has cleansed you, once you've accepted my son, you're going to be so pure that it's, it's like sin has never stuck to you. So God says, come now, let's settle this. This is the end of your sin. Let's settle this. And he says, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. And though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. What he's saying, he says, your old sin, your old shame, right there is, is you're looking in your Bible. What God is saying, he says, my son is going to come and his blood is going to wash you pure. And you're like, man, how can you be washed by the blood? Now on a spiritual level, when Christ died, what Christ did is it's almost as though he took the sin onto his shoulders. The, the Bible actually says that he bore our sins. Okay, it's like he wore our sins, took him onto the cross. When he died, he carried him into the grave. But here's the beautiful truth, that he left the sin in the grave, basically. It's like death itself died. How crazy is that? It's like death died, and he rose victorious, saying, listen, not even your sin could hold me down. Okay, not even spiritual death could hold me down. Because there's one thing for God to rise physically, Right, what God was proving, he says, not just physically am I resurrected. He said, I am killing spiritual death. That you can now be saved, that your sins are going to be washed from you, that you are going to be pure as snow. That when, when, before when you were viewed by God, God did see you. And when God saw you out to sea, he did see you as lost. But he said, that person I want to rescue, that person I want to save. I want to bring them out and plant their feet next to me. I want to grow in a relationship with them. Now, what he starts to do, now that we're in the boat, now that we've been cleansed, because what Christianity isn't, I think a lot of us sometimes mistake that Christianity is just taking our old sins and we're still soaking wet. Okay, it's like taking our old sins and just trying to, you know, just kind of cover it with Christ. Okay, it's like we're trying to, like, we're, we're taking our old sins and just trying to cover it with a new way of living. But that's not what happens because it says that God cleanses us that he washes off our old sin. So when we get in the boat, even though we're about to get dressed, it says that he cleanses us. And then here's what's incredible. It says that we are clothed with Christ. How amazing is it that it says that we are clothed with Christ? That look in, uh, in Romans 13, 14. If you guys want to turn there, it's on page 683. In Romans 13, 14, it doesn't just say like, okay, now like put on a little bit better clothes or, you know, kind of, kind of improve yourself or, you know, get out of the ocean. No, in Romans, what it says, it actually says to clothe yourself with Christ. Now think of how amazing this is. Okay, so, so at first, we're in the ocean, we're hopeless, we're surrounded, we're injured. Remember that whole picture we painted? That we are like, we're dehydrated, there's no hope whatsoever. That we are down here, we are completely lost. Right? And the lifesaver comes out to us and says, hey, I'm the only way, I'm the only truth, I'm the only way that you can have eternal life. And he says, let me bring you out. And he starts drawing us in, drawing us in, and then he brings us in. And he says, okay, 
now, now that you're safe, now that you're secure, let's start cleaning you up. Right? And sometimes this is hard because it comes in, and a lot of people think it's in the form of rules. Right? It's just like, oh, the Ten Commandments, that's so hard to follow. Or, you know what, like the Bible's just full of rules. That's not true. Okay, that's not true. Tonight we're going to be talking about how when we hear God speak, we're going to learn that even his rules are pure love. Because think of it this way. Okay, we were dead in our sin. Okay, we were slave to our sin. He brings us in. Right, he draws us in. He wants to cleanse us. He washes us and he says, listen, now that you're firmly secure, now that your feet are planted, I want to start working on you. He says, because you're used to just treading water, treading water, treading water, trying so hard in your own strength. And God says, you know what? Let's work together. Let's grow in a relationship with each other. Okay, there is a storm coming. And what, what God does is as we're in the boat with him, he says, listen, there is a storm coming. Okay, we're going to have to dress a little differently. Because when you're in my crew, the clothes you're, you're out there with, the ones that are all bloodied, that are torn, that are, that are salt bleached, that, those old clothes, they're, they're not going to protect you from the storms of life. He says, you know what I want to do? I want to clothe you. Now, when, again, when we hear that, it's like, isn't this just rules? No, what he does is he says, listen, I know what's coming. I've seen these storms. I know the dangers of what's coming. Okay, I, I want you to be clothed. And he says, you know what? I'm not just going to give you a little bit and improved clothes, but in your Bibles, as you're looking at Romans 13, look what he says. He says, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Okay, what he says, he says, now that you're in the boat, I'm going to cleanse you. My son has cleansed you. And I want you to cleanse yourself and uh, that let me cleanse you. And I want you to clothe yourself with Christ. Because this is what's going to happen when God sees us, when God looks at us, he's going to see us as pure as his son because his son took our punishment. So God no longer has to see the label over our head that says sinner or enemy or lost. Now he can look at us and say, you are as cleansed as my son because my son cleansed you and took your punishment for you. Right? It's beautiful. He looks at us and he says, listen, don't think of the ways to fall back into your old ways. Because it says, don't, don't think of the ways to indulge your evil desires. What that translates for us is, don't go back in the water. Right? Once you're in the boat, don't jump back overboard. Don't think of ways of like, hmm, how can I sneak back in and fight for my life again? Because that was not fun. But let's do it. You know, what he's saying, he says, listen, don't think of ways to fall back overboard. He says, because you've been cleansed. You... you that is so below you. You have so much more worth than the sin that you used to live in. You have so much more value. You're so much more pure. You, like, that sin is going to corrupt you. It's going to hurt you. Please don't go down that path. And what God does is he says, I want to save you. I want to redeem you. I want to clean you. All right, remember that professor voice that we talked about yesterday? Do you remember the word that we said? <laughs> All right, there we go. Remember, that's one of those words that usually, like, you're talking to middle school and you're teaching justification. I'm like, you don't understand. These kids are smart. They, they need to learn this. So in your professor voice, remember, you're in a nice leather chair. Your pinky's out. You're sipping your wonderful tea, right? Sweet tea, since we're kind of in the South, I mean, down here. So it could be sweet tea, right? We're drinking our nice sweet tea. And we say, what was the word? Justification. All right. So now in your professor voice, we're going to learn a new word. That's, I call these wurchy churds. Okay, they're churchy words. Okay, these are words that like to the like outside of Christianity, you're like, does that even mean anything? Right, but in Christianity, these are our churchy words, our worchy church. All right, so ready for a new word, okay? This new word is, and get your, get, <clears throat> go ahead and, <clears throat> right, stretch out that voice, get on nice and ready. <laughs> 
I think I heard a hamster. I'm pretty sure there's somebody snuck in a hamster. Okay, so <coughs> stretch out your voice. Get ready for the new, new professor word. Ready? This one's this one's unique. Ready? Sanctification. <laughs> All right. All right. Say it in your professor voice. Ready? Uh, right. One, two, three. On, on, go. One, two, three. Sanctification. Uh, I didn't say go. Okay. Good job. You're a, you're a future professor right there. Did I just fail the class? I'm sorry. All right. So ready? On, on, go. One, two, three. Go. <laughs> that was, I did hear a hamster. There's definitely a hamster in here. All right. So sanctification. What sanctification is, before we, before we go, these verses are pointing towards something called sanctification. Because, yes, from the time you were saved, you are saved. That once the lifesaver has come to your life, you've received new life. Right? But there's something, there's a process called sanctification. That once you're saved, you're saved. Right? Like I said, God's grip is strong and he says, nothing can take you from my hand. And Philippians 2, verse 12, he says something. He says, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Because a lot of people think that you have to do good to earn your salvation. A lot of people think you have to do good. It's almost like you have to, people think, this isn't right. People think you have to clean yourself before getting into the boat. Okay, that doesn't make sense because you're still living in your sin. There's nothing that you can do to change yourself. But once you hold on to Christ, Christ then says, okay, now let's start drawing you in. Now let's start cleaning you. And sanctification is a process. You want to say that word again? Sanctification. Now that word just means to be set apart. Okay, that, means, that word means to be set apart from your old ways. Okay, this is where we get the word saint, right? Have you ever heard like somebody called a saint? Like that person is a saint, right? What that means is that they have been set apart. Okay, because think of it. You've been brought out and you're now set apart from your old life. And it's going to be this continual walk, this continual process to see you cleansed. And what God says, he says, now let's start working through the sanctification, because you've received a new identity. The label over you has changed. You've received a new identity. Now, this is where it gets a little confusing, but really fun. The sanctification means that you are becoming who you've become. You're like, okay, that doesn't make, yeah, that's, that's what, like, when I hear that, you're like, this guy's definitely lost it. He's crazy. No, sanctification is becoming who you've become. Okay, because think of it. When you're saved, your identity changes. Okay? You're going to put on this new, this new garment. You're going to put on this new clothes, right? Because it says, clothe yourself with Christ. You receive a new identity. Then when you clothe yourself, you're going to look different. You're going to look down at yourself and say, I, I hardly like recognize myself. Like, this is a new me. And it's going to be strange at first because you're like, wait, aren't I still wet? Don't I? No, I'm, Christ has dried me. Christ has cleansed me. But don't I have the old sin desire? Yeah, it's going to be tempting, but I, like I shouldn't fall back into that. Okay, and what God is saying is, says, listen, you've gotten a new identity. I've officially stamped a new identity onto you. I've officially clothed you with my son Christ. You are now different. So now I want you to start living up to that new identity. And that's where he says, I want you to start working out your salvation. And it's not earning your salvation. It says, I want to start, like, I want you to start looking like the new identity. I want you to start acting like the new identity. So as we talk today, as you guys go along, uh, away to the time alone with God, I think Barrett's going to come up, right, and explain a little bit of this time alone with God. I want you to reflect on that because a lot of times 
the way we're living still looks like we live in the ocean. The way we live, even though Christ has changed our identity, even though we have been justified, even though we have now been sanctified, right? Now that we have this new identity, there's still going to be this old way of life that is drawing us back. There's still temptation, okay? But what God says, he says, listen, I want you to continue to change. Not because I like a list of rules, because I value you, because I love you, because I know you're better than living in the old slavery. So I'm going to pray for you, as you guys go out to this time alone with God, as, as Bear's going to come up and explain it, I want you guys to really be valuing, okay, God, what of my old life am I, am I still holding on to? Okay, I've changed my identity, but what am I still doing that looks like I'm still a slave to the, to the ocean, like I'm a slave to the waves? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every student that's here. God, we do thank you that you've changed our identity, that you sent your son to cleanse us, that his sacrifice has washed us clean. God, we praise you that you're a God that was willing to sacrifice your own son, that we would be saved, that we would no longer be slave to the ocean, that just like you said in Exodus, that you bring us out. And God, now it's time to get the water out of us. It's time for us to change the way we live. In Jesus' name, amen.